To ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. I am Irish Tightness at Irish Tightness on Twitter. My brother to my left, ND McFly. I'm here at ND McFly. At ND McFly. The undefeated podcast, Notre Dame 7 0, victorious 1914 over the Pit Panthers. 1914. It sounds like the year that this series probably began. Could be. Or the year that, you know. <laughs> the overture? Right. The first time Notre Dame played versus Pitt. Or some, so there's probably some sort of USS Pittsburgh battleship out there that was sunk in 1914. You my battleship. In a World War... That'd be what? World War One, Some sort of hostile act, you know, in a Bering Strait or something. I don't know. That's probably not historically accurate, but... Not even close. Not even close, I don't, I don't think. Yeah. Okay. But here we are. We're uh, we're talking Irish with you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for if you're uh, if you're a returning podcast listener. Thanks for coming back. If you're brand new, yeah. Welcome. What are your What thanks are your followers like at Irish Tightness on Twitter? What are do you uh, Are you gaining followers this year? Oh, or are yeah. you losing? Fo- yeah. You are, and I've been way <laughs> oh yeah way less. Oh. I've been way less of an indignant ass. Uh, yeah. And maybe because Notre Dame's given me much less of a reason to be uh, yeah. uh, you know full of vitriol and hate and, right. and whatever. No, I'm. For twenty five hundred. No, I know you have more than me. Twenty five something. Twenty five. I'd love. I'd love to get to uh, to the a, show. To a gur. The show is over a gur. Is it? Yeah. All you show people need to at follow ND me. Fan Come Radio. on. At ND Fan Radio. Throw, it's over a thou for sure. Throw at ND McFly some love here. You I got get to like some better shit, dude. I do. I I get like two two extra followers per week. I mean, it is just completely steady. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Bots. Two, Two followers per week, and I don't. Bots. I don't tweet as much as I used to, I suppose, because you know, I, I guess I just don't. Quality, not quantity. Yeah, yeah. I wait for mine. The... Mine is just hashtag RTDB every time they score a ru- rushing right. touchdown. That's basically all right. I yeah, I did add a guy today. He was trying to make a, a Alabama versus UCF type argument, and I'm like, okay, listen. Stop. I'm all about UCF getting their fair share, but I'm not entirely sure that you need to start that argument by poking holes at Alabama. There will never be a group of five team in the playoff, ever, unless there's like the best record of of a power five team is like two loss. If there's multiple two loss teams, you know, okay, maybe. But otherwise, I mean, you know, I go, the bricks. I go back ha- to it's not going to happen. There's yeah, no way in hell. Yeah, as you know, I've kind of dabbled in this space in the past. Uh, look, look it up on Amazon um, if you want, but it's a little bit dated at this point. But I did a profile, and one of the things I wrote about some of the the darlings of of that type of thing, where it was like these mid majors back then that were that were performing really well, and UCF is not. That it, they're not the only ones that have done that. Boise was getting the shaft. I mean, yeah. back in the day, Marshall went undefeated, which we mentioned on here. Uh, 2004 was real squirrely. Five teams were undefeated, but that won't happen because of conference championships, yeah. right? Yeah. So, not to happen. get on a tangent, but uh, 
You well, know, I. Um, but speaking of the rest of college football, I'm going to kick it off now, this way. The rest. Spe- of the yeah. Story. <laughs> Hopefully, some people out there know who that was. You got to be over now, forty to know what that is. Not right. Um, speaking of the rest of college football, this this was from what I saw. This was the week where things got weird. It happens every year. A lot of I think big the name date was teams. the 13th. That's probably has something to do Jupiter with it. Jupiter was a line Even though it wasn't Jupiter. a Friday. That's a bizarro date It could general. have been. It could have been. Bill Connolly, I'm sure you've seen his stuff out there. And I, I tweeted about him. He did, a, he did a nice rundown of every year what the crazy weekends tended to be. And there's usually yeah. one or two there's of always, them. Yeah, it always seems but like There's it. always at least one. And, you know, it's funny because, and I'll go a different way than this later in the podcast, but for now... I call it Survivor Saturday. That's not patented or anything. You guys can take that and trademark it. But there, no wonder you don't have any Twitter followers. You, Jeez, you don't. Tra- you don't protect any intellectual property. Listen, there there is a weekend where this happens, and at some point, when you start watching the rest of the scoreboard, kind of hit your phone or however you you know you look at the ticker, it's like you know what, just win, just win, and forget it. Forget all the angstiness. I, well, a lot of times Dude, I, I am like the West ju- Virginia going down. A lot and of times the just win and- people, you know, like and when they when you beat Ball State or something, and it's like, whoa, it's just a win. Yeah, I, that's not I, the time. I, yeah, I have a lot of you know. Me too. Me too. I got a lot of things to say to people like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And we, we've rehashed already multiple times the just three and oh, that's all that matters. Well, yeah. okay, no, yeah. but in this circumstance, when pe- when when bodies are dropping left and right. You yeah. know, when I mean, they're just people are falling around you all over the place. That that is a just a win and survive day. Yeah. You and know? now I understand that what's happening in the rest of college football really has no actual bearing on what's happening in the stadium. But no, you know, Georgia, it, da- it's just weird. Georgia right? down, West Virginia down, Washington down. Yeah. I mean, they're just the bodies are hitting the floor left and right. Except so the Longhorns, baby. But think of it this way: if you if if the end game here is Notre Dame making it to the playoff you know what i mean part of being a no, college the, hey the end game is winning a fucking title okay right? okay that's but the end game if the end game is winning the title and you are a participant in this weird thing that we call college football you have to be willing to say you know what this is a day where i'm getting so much more benefit from this weekend as a fan of notre dame i'm yeah. getting a lot here there's a lot of movement that does need to happen there's a lot of goofiness out there about Notre Dame not making the playoff if they're 12 and 0. I will not watch college football if they don't make it. I am that righteous of a Notre Dame fan. If they go 12 and 0 and don't make the playoff, I'll shut it down. I will what? shut it down. That's a whole side someone, story. Someone sent me a, a, a Twitter today, a, a direct message, and said, "Do you follow some guy from ESPN?" And I was like, "No, I I don't watch Sports Center. I don't yeah. watch thirty. I don't watch thirty for thirties. I don't think I've ever seen one. Um, no, I'm probably I don't watch the same. any programming at all except for games. I if make there's a content. If there's a game on ESPN, I watch it, and the instant it's over, I turn it to a different channel or I turn it off. Other than college football games and Formula One, they have Formula One racing now. Mm-hmm. F- F1's on ESPN too. Nice. I don't watch shit out of nothing. I have no idea. So yeah. he's like some guy and he's saying all this stuff about Notre Dame. I'm like, I don't read ESPN the magazine. I don't follow ESPN people. I have. I am oblivious. Yeah. But I'm sure now that Notre Dame's seven and zero and and it's the hater season, right? I mean, that's, sure. is that, was that the argument? Well, no, the argument, I'm, all I'm saying is there are plenty of, there's two camps right now, and a lot of it is just to get tweets and retweets and whatever, but there is a contingent of people that are saying Notre Dame 12-0, and 0, it, A, should not make the playoff, and B, might not make the playoff. On and what now, basis? And now people are starting to compare Notre Dame and Michigan. 
Oh, for fuck's sake. They are comparing Notre Dame and Michigan completely jumping over the head-to-head loss. Yeah, I mean... I, now, I, if Notre Dame and Michigan both lose, uh, the story could be a little look, bit different. I, I think Michigan has looked better. If you of just course. look at the scores, I mean, they're, they're, they've looked better. Yeah. I mean, we we talked last week about the team rankings, uh, teamrankings.com. You'll notice on here, I think it was Notre Dame was like 35% chance of going undefeated Yeah, that sounds about week. right. 35 Yeah, 35, it's, it's down to 29 percent okay to go undefeated um i think their their lowest win percentage was 72 percent to beat northwestern it's down to 69 69 percent chance of beating usc 70 percent chance of beating syracuse and i'm sure these models um you know uh discount or or um you know, adjust downward the chance of Notre Dame beating those teams and winning out solely based on, you know, score. I mean, th- that's what the models are is like, geez, man, everybody else is boat racing pit and you snuck by by five points. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure that's why. And I'm sure that's what yeah. gives the people that say, well, Michigan's crushing people and Notre Dame's squeaking by pit. Well, and again, well, it, fine. But yeah, the, the, you, I mean, the playoff committee has always said they look at head to head. Sure. And one it's of the people, they can do whatever the hell they want. Of course. But, and one of the beauty is beauties of college football is you get to cherry pick and create and curate your own little sample size you can make the narrative whatever you want it to be which i'm not really one of those people that enjoys that i think it's ridiculous but i'm just saying there are people out there that are saying that i'm just putting it out there i don't make a lot of bold claims i'm not a boycott guy as you know i don't make a lot of big statements and political things like that but if notre dame goes 12 and 0 with what they've already done i'm not talking about like squeaking in in 2012 with what they've already done if they go 12 and 0 and they don't make it but I'll, if they if they win and they get scooped by somebody with a loss I'll if shut it down. They win the rest of their games by all by one point and look like absolute shit in every single one of them. I mean I know. I know. But that's just that to me then it's like why are we having this? I mean well, they're their marquee then, team. No, okay. You know what I, mean? I, I guess. I mean look, it it would probably be to Notre Dame's benefit to not make the playoff. It might still be if they win their <laughs> games by three touchdowns every one. I mean, I, I, mean, I want them to. I want them to win the national t- title, obviously. But it just seems like so cut and dry. And, you know, I mean, there's still a time to go. But it just seems so cut and dry. It's like Alabama and everybody else. Of course. Of course. And this year more so than ever, which is crazy because Alabama always looks like the best team or one of the best teams. Yeah. They are look the best by light years. Their average Tua, margin of victory is like 40 points. And Tua tweaked his knee and... And even, okay, if it was just Jalen Hurts, who's a champion in his own right. Yeah. If, okay, then they look like just, just head above everybody else. And with Tonga Vailoa, it's like head, shoulders, and half your torso above every other team. I don't know, like, it would be great for Brian Kelly to make the playoff. Mm-hmm. It would be great for him. It yeah. would be great for Notre Dame. Um, I don't know if it's going to matter. Anyway, I mean, I don't know if well, it matters anyways. Especially if you face him in the opening round, right? So that's a little bit different story. And you got to remember, when Notre Dame made it the last time, hey, there look, was no four-team thing, right? I, I, this hey, was like, if, you're, you're if it's, straight if, to if the... If it's who wants to lose to Alabama by 40 points, hey, Michigan, why don't you take my spot here? Sure. Go ahead. You we'll know. go on the other side. We'll squeak one out against Clemson. Yeah. And then we'll then we'll play Alabama after Michigan gives them a fair shake. Well, look, I I, clearly we're not going to figure out any of those scenarios tonight. I think a lot more of the playoff 
chatter is for ratings than actual evaluations. Notre Dame may not even get there play if they play too many more that's, games like this pick game. That's a hundred percent true. But let's at least take one small moment of respite and just acknowledge the fact that we're talking about Notre Dame potentially having a playoff run yeah, yet great. again in October. I mean, that's great. You I know, s- I said that I would not pay my own money, my own dollar bills. I would not pay to go to Notre Dame Stadium at all unless Brian Kelly was replaced, A, or B, Notre Dame was top 10 in November when it actually mattered. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, it's trending towards them being top 10 they in November when week, it matters. So they got a bye week, so they get another week under their That's belt. That's right. That's yeah. right. So. But, let's, but let's talk about this a little bit. Why not? We got a little bit of time. So, okay, it's Survival Saturday. It's Survivor Saturday. Whatever you want to call it. It's Mayhem Weekend, as Bill the Conway said. has spoken. You know, Notre Dame squeaks by, and Pitt is the team that would do it. And I think I might have actually alluded to that earlier this year. Pittsburgh has put Notre Dame into more overtime games. I've personally been to multiple overtime games against Pitt in all those mushy, wishy-washy years of Weiss and Davey and who, you know, whoever. I've been to a lot of those types of games. But let's be honest, Pitt had the formula. They didn't quite have the players in the execution. Yeah. The missed field goals were were, Dude, if were they helpful. Would have made their t- I mean, has they any had team the missed formula more field, missed more field goals than Pitt in Notre Dame Stadium? Has anybody love, missed love... more field goals? Virginia Tech missed yeah. two of them that were inexplicable too. So Notre Dame is kind of scooting by on some of the missed field goal stuff. But Pitt had the formula. In in the one game I've thought about, I know they're down this year, but it's like the team that holds the ball a lot. And frustrates you like oh, that? Yeah, na- yeah, is Navy. Navy. yeah, Navy's Navy is really. I, it hurts me to say it. Navy's trash this year. Yeah. They're just they're not good. <laughs> it hurts me to say they're, they're not good. Do you think that some of Notre Dame's other opponents though can look at this as a primer? I abso- primer. I absolutely say, hey. do. My my, the, my third note on my my page, which was uh, in the first half, it was like right around the end of the first quarter. Pitt's defense. I mean, honestly. Um, both lines, offense and defense, for a, a large portion of the game, was getting their ass kicked by Pitt. Mm-hmm. And more surprising to me was that Notre Dame's defensive line was struggling early. I agree against Pitt's O line. I agree with that. You know that that because we had just got done saying how their D line is you know a straight beast mode, but um, but the offensive line, which has been a little dicey, at, you know, this year. I mean, it's it's clearly not McGlinchey and 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 Quentin Nelson levels of stout. Was getting owned. They yeah. were getting fucking owned the left by, side, by yeah. Pitt's D line. No doubt. And my my note right here is Pitt's defense is probably showing future Notre Dame's future opponents how to confuse the offense and or Ian Book. I mean, Book was his reads were off. They were doing a lot of different stuff on the back end of the defense as well. But the D line was just like. Do they have Donald? You know, Aaron. Don- I mean, like, who do they have on their D line? It's, it's like in Dominican Sue or somebody was just eating people. You know, right? I mean, they had NFL players. It, it seemed yeah. like just cutting through the middle of Notre Dame's offensive line, which was concerning. Yeah, and I know that uh, you you can see some of that stuff on film. Doesn't mean you can execute it if you don't have the players. But with some of the back end stuff too, I'm just curious to see have they put some stuff on film now that uh, you know someone like a Northwestern or, or a Syracuse. Well, and that's or, the funny or, thing because you know we. Talk- talked about some of the other you know you one would have thought that the team that would have been able to schematically shut Notre Dame down with their defense would have been Virginia Tech um, and Stanford may have been that and Stanford and Michigan may have been the teams that were able to do it with their talent so now you look forward to the rest of the season you know I don't care how down Florida State is they still have talented players yep. and USC is really starting to turn into 
kind of a kind of a grab bag at this point. Like, who knows what they're going to do because they've shown a little bit. They're not the USC of yore, um, but that's a t- that's a type of team where you can make guys do some different things and perhaps get there. So. I don't know. I mean, are are Syracuse and Northwesterns the sneaky teams that Notre Dame overlooks at this point? I mean, I there's a part of me that's glad that this happened because you don't tend to go all the way through unless you're Alabama and you have belief when you're born. Yeah. You, you don't go through seasons hey, like this without getting a little there, scary. There's always a couple of scares here and there and for everybody up. except for Alabama, it seems like. Yeah, and a lot know, of Clemson the teams... had a couple of the year that they won. Well, uh, a lot of the other teams lost. Yeah, I mean, that, that was their scare, no, right? That's, that's true. But uh, but also, I don't think it portends well No, I... that, uh, that Pitt was able to shut Notre Dame's rushing, basically shut their rushing down. I mean, if, if you take out Ian Book and Chris Fink, um, Notre Dame running backs had 17 carries. For forty three yards, that's not very very good. I mean, that's uh, that's not very good at all. No rushing TDs under three, I think, per average for for the running backs. Dexter Williams, who we said averages a, a, a you know a touchdown every two to three carries, uh, and and swings a seven eight yard uh, per. I mean, he didn't. He had two and a half and. With a long run of thirteen, so yeah. um, I, I mean, I was surprised that that they stuck to the run as much as they did. Honestly, I mean, I think that it was somewhat encouraging that they were throwing less deep balls than they were against Virginia Tech, for instance. I think Book only threw one deep in the first half, maybe, and over overthrew Alize Mack, if I'm not mistaken, and then maybe connected another one, a mid range one with Boykin. But yeah, I don't know, man. I mean. Um, that that's a little scary that, well, that they could just couldn't run the ball at all. And one and, of the things, and, and that Pitt was as, as successful as they were. Yeah, and let me ask you kind of a sub a sub bullet question on that here. Do you think Notre Dame looks better with much more tempo and more plays? And I'll give you a little bit of color to that before you answer. Notre Dame ran seventy plays in this game, I believe. Pittsburgh only ran sixty plays in this game. So you talk about a good old fashioned like steel belt town trying you know being more than willing to just slow it down we don't want any of that new football yeah, where you use put on some springsteen let's grind it out exactly you don't want to use four seconds of the play clock we're using all of it but like you know notre dame had again when you look at the michigan game notre dame only ran 69 plays they only ran 72 against ball state notre dame ran 76 plays against wake they ran 88 plays against stanford Notre yeah. Dame had 88 plays against Stanford. That's have, up there for do you Notre have Dame. Vatek on there. 67. Those 67. Big, seemed like a lot of big plays but, on but, that one. But but Vatek also held the ball a lot in that ugly second quarter. You know, so taking the ball away from Notre Dame, and again, a team that's doing well offensively, that bears out. That's simple logic. But I found it kind of interesting that maybe Notre Dame needs more tempo. I, I think Ian to get the running game going. It's weird to say this that Ian Book seems to look better. When they're running tempo, because yeah. That, yeah, I mean, he still came away with a pretty damn healthy completion percentage in this game. It was, yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, that's kind of the Syracuse conundrum that we talked about with Golson, right? I mean, from where Book was, it, two of the both the interceptions were like boneheaded, right? I mean, yeah. one of them he flat out didn't even see the guy. There's no way yeah. he makes that throw without even seeing that guy. He didn't look as crisp. He didn't look as confident. And but, if if you didn't know that he had that completion percentage, you may not have guessed that it was that great of a game, but the yardage was okay. The completion yard points. He's number one. If I'm not mistaken, he's number one in FBS in completion percentage. Yeah. 
He's only played a few games, but like it's not it's not a uh, connection I have, problem. I have a note here. I don't remember the play off the top of my head, but on book second pick, I have a note. Number seventy eight got driven back. I don't know what that means, other than one of Notre Dame's linemen probably got obliterated on that play. Yeah, and maybe he adjusted or something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's look. I mean, Notre Dame has been on the lucky side of a couple of, of plays this year, which you need if you. Yeah, I mean, teams that win, you know, or go to the playoffs have stuff like that. But I mean, dude, Pitt makes those two field goals, and it's twenty nineteen, right? I sure. mean, so there's. I don't want to say it's problematic here. I don't. I I think, like you said, this is the the mayhem Saturday. This is the everybody's. You know, it's just the one where whether it's the NCAA's juicing the refs or if it's just bad juju or whatever it is, cosmic, you know, who knows. But, I mean, there is always seems like a weird one. And to, to skate through it and uh, still have a zero in the, in the loss column is, is good news. But I do think there's maybe a little bit more warning lights flashing-ish kind of stuff here. I mean, this yeah. it's not really like... 3-0 and is 3-0, and you know, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, because Book is still effective, certainly more so than Wimbush was. Sure. But the running game was a real disappointment there. Um, the fact that both lines were getting owned by subpar talent, I mean, in r- relative to Notre Dame's talent, drastically less talented guys seem to be pushing Notre Dame around for a large portion of the game. Now, the D-line did get fierce when it mattered. I mean, the last drive, they oh, finally yeah. they, they stepped up when it counted, and they sealed the deal. In fact, they, they ate the uh, uh, quarterback's lunch, uh, Pickett's lunch there, with um, with a three-man rush on the last play. So that yeah. was pretty damn impressive. And, and Aquaro, you know, decided to go beast mode finally. But it was, I mean, it was kind of a, you know, just just kind of a concerning game. A well, and the bit. funniest thing about this, and and that's the type of shit that fuels people saying stuff like Michigan should be in there instead no, of Notre Dame. It's when yeah, you play a right. game like this, people are going to pile exactly, on. Exactly, exactly. And the funniest thing about this game is, I don't really have a super hot take about what it means. This is the type of game where you can really kind of take your own narrative and just make it what you want to be. There's a lot of people out. First of all, I'll, I'll put, I'll let me deal with one take I do have. People are trying to excuse this game. Maybe not excuse it, but people are like, it's, it was midterms this week. Look, I understand these are student athletes. I understand Notre Dame is a tough academic school. But if your performance is specifically going to suffer because of when the midterms are, either schedule the bye week during that or get it figured out. I think you are heavily. Dude, I think we said like two years ago. Do you remember? I, I'm pretty sure I read an article or white paper or something. There's research done. We'll have to go back and find it. I'm pretty sure there's research done that when you're fatigued, when you're under like a heavy mental load. That yeah. you're more prone to injury. Do you remember that? Where guys, uh, it makes sense. I mean, the, if you're mentally taxed, and it probably has a lot to do with a lack of sleep. I, yeah. I've done a lot of reading and, and, and podcasts. I've injured my listening. liver if I'm under a lot of mental stress before. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. So like, I'm not saying that that's not real, but the reality is in college football, you can't just be like, well, we're going to sacrifice one game because we got those pesky midterms. Yeah. Like, you can't let that happen. And every other school is dealing with travel and they're dealing with you know, fall break and midterms at the same time. So I don't like it as an excuse. However, if you want to say, hey, that's why they sloughed off. I wouldn't say that. You but can I'm... say that. You, you, I think you could say, look, last week against Vatek was at night. It was hype. It was it was crazy. It was prime time. And then all of a sudden it's like 2.30, pit, which we've talked about that I before. Th- yeah, but know? I think I think any of those things is taking away from... I don't want to say Narduzzi outcoached Brian Kelly because because Notre Dame won, you yeah. know. 
But Pitt's coaching staff did a damn good job of having their guys ready with a good scheme. And, and had it not been for a couple of field goals, I mean, yeah. they executed it pretty well. I think you got to give Pitt their propers. Absolutely. For, for the way that they, they schemed and played this game. Well, they had one of I the mean, best game plans that we've seen. It wasn't necessarily relative to what they've done the rest of the year. Sure. This was a great game for them. Yeah, I don't think they were outcoached in the game. Yeah, this wasn't, but this was an outlier for them from a performance standpoint. And this what they threw at Ian Book clearly uh, had him it was in his head a little bit and definitely shut down the running now the difference between Ian Book and, and Wimbush perhaps is that un- unlike last year when you would have shut down the running game maybe Wimbush couldn't have, couldn't have gone 26 for 32 mm-hmm. Book did well know? exactly and the and, other thing and, is too, and they may have lost this game with Wimbush the other thing I find very interesting is the 16 carries for Ian Book and a lot of these were actually kind of these design some, runs some were sacks some were you know taking... and, and some of them were scrambles but like he seems to be a real his average is nothing flashy but the fact that that wasn't negative in a an environment where he was under so much pressure is is um, a positive to me. Now, Brandon Wimbush, probably a lot more electric. If he had 16 carries, I think we all believe he would have produced more than 30 yards. But a lot of times when a quarterback is under that much duress, you don't see that positive yardage. I mean, look at Pickett on the other side, right? He's, he's negative. Speaking of Pickett, do you remember last week, all the way back to last week on Indy Fan Radio, when I was like, Notre Dame makes these guys look like Heisman candidates, and there's always some story about the kid growing up to yeah. be a Notre Dame fan. Do you see the little clip? They're like, no, I didn't. yo, Pickett grew up a Notre Dame oh fan. Gosh. His dad's wearing a fucking green pit hat on the sidelines to, to pay homage to both Notre Dame and Pitt. I'm like, here we go again. But it's he, didn't another... look, he didn't look that great, No, though. he didn't. He, didn't. I mean, he, he started out, I mean, he started, I'll tell you what, I mean. In, His in, completion percentage was decent. Yeah, I mean, Look, the in, the, in the very first drive, I mean, um, there was an off, via the offsides on fourth down. I think there was an offside on a punt, right? And then that continued Pitt's drive. They mm-hmm. basically went all the way down the field on their, I mean, which was like, oh, geez. Man. They had some great moments. Don't get me wrong. They, yeah. they looked okay. So, you know, like I said, I just want to get back to that point where I think you can really, um, you can take this narrative however you want. Some people say, hey, Notre Dame was just burning white hot and this was heat check. I mean, this was heat check for Dexter Williams. You know, he was average. Averaging the, more than any other running back in yards per game for a couple games. This might have been a heat check for Ian Book, who had thus far had really not made a lot of, of mistakes or had a game where he, he looked a little bit more human. You might say it's midterm. You might say that it's just Pitt coming in, which has a lot of history, a good rivalry, and a great game plan. You might say it's the sleepy 230. You might say Brian Kelly's just going to screw this up somehow. You might say, uh, you might. I'll give Cousin JJ a shout out. You might say it's Brian Kelly. His his thing was he thinks Kelly's way too worried about what the other team's doing, that he loses focus on sticking to his own game plan. I think there's some of that at times, yeah. And I think that's, a very, that's a very fair take, you know. So you can, you can take this in a lot of directions. You can also say, hey, it was Survivor Saturday at doesn't matter. Notre Dame's yep. sitting on a bye week, which is a g- good time to have it after you had an ugly game and you had a bunch of you know difficult midterms. So it's not a bad time for that. Um, and there have been a couple injuries now. They're not quite piling up as we've seen in the past, but there's been some important guys that have have been out. Um, or maybe been a little bit out of the flow. So you can take the game however you want it. You have to you have to be honest with yourself. And as you mentioned before, the national 
conversation is going to take it and say, okay, here's the old imposter story. And let's be fair here. The last time Notre Dame made it to the national championship. Okay, here's the last two times that Notre Dame looked really, really good at this juncture. 2012, we all know how that ended up. And 2014, in which they disaster spiraled well, that was after, after the, that, Florida State. Yeah, but 2015 was a relatively successful season. It if was, you look but this is the like... that they lost all the good teams. 2014 and 2012 are the two seasons where they're clicking up the magnum at Cedar Point, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's four roller coasters that have been built since then, but that was the last time I was there. That's the, the one, magnum. That's the one that mattered, right? Was the was the Magnum XL two hundred? You know, I think it's XL two thousand. I <laughs> I think it's two hundred. Fucking let's Google Google it, it right man. now. What? This is not live. You can edit out all the. You can do like a little nineteen fifties. Do do do. You know, it's two hundred because it's two hundred feet. Oh man, because it's two hundred feet, right? It is built in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. So Notre Dame in twenty twelve and twenty four twenty fourteen even more so really. I mean they were they were they were white hot going into that Florida State game. I mean that was and and then it all fell apart. So the good news is I don't see it happening because no, they won this game. No, but you're talking about the people's memory, the national perception in the memory is is no. No name can fake it for half a season. The, that's that's well, what the everybody knock is. remembers the the death bucket game, uh, you know, in Miami. Sure, the, the Miami the the Alabama death bucket. Um, people probably on a national scale, casual observers of, of college football or, or passing, you know, Notre Dame haters probably don't remember the meltdown of 2014 after the Florida State game. I think that's probably a, a memory that's unique to Notre Dame fans. I mean, I don't think the average person out there, if you said, hey, what happened after Notre Dame lost to Florida State? They're like, oh, didn't they lose like the next six games and Golson lost his brain? You know, yeah. nobody's going to say that. They do remember, I think, Notre Dame getting their shit beat senseless uh, against um, Ohio State in yeah. the Fiesta Bowl right. the following year. right. But I think they also remember the Florida State and be like, oh, yeah, weren't you guys number three? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're yet again, yeah, it was this I, imposter scenario, right? I guess. I guess. Um, I'm just saying that to me, I, I don't think that that's what we're in for right now. And again, that might just be some hopeless well, optimism. God, I hope but, not. Yeah. yeah, I know. But I'm just saying like there, there's a lot of there's a lot more red meat after this game for, for the haters, as you mentioned, to come out and say, here's the thing that's kind of scary. If you want to be somebody that's on that you know, that's on that side of the fence and says, this is the same old thing. This is all fool's gold, which we've talked about a lot in the past. The, the scary thing here is you can, you can put BSU, Vandy, you know, a little bit of Vatek and now Pitt. I mean, that's a lot of game time that you can kind of put into the Notre Dame doesn't look that great, Yeah, you know, on that side of the scale. Um, but again, if, if anything, I got to give credit to Kelly because he seems to like winning games like this. It drives us insane as fans, but I have to be honest, it's it's the big games that we used to knock him on, but he wins a lot of just games like this at the end that don't yeah, make a no, ton of sense. I know, but the the knock on him in previous years is Brian Kelly 1.0 was that they're in these dogfight games with garbage teams. Right, right. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't, I mean, his preference wouldn't be throwing a Hail Mary to Will Fuller to beat Virginia, but he's, he's happy to win that game and maybe Brian Kelly has a knack for winning close games. Like, it doesn't change the fact that it was fucking Virginia. Yeah, Who's right. not good? You know, I mean, so that that's the problem. I mean, and and the the juxtaposition or the or just the the irony here is that Stanford they won by three scores against yeah. a, a quote unquote top ten team. 
You right, know? right. So, I mean, they smoke Virginia Tech. They smoke Stanford. You know, they beat Michigan pretty soundly. That game was over from the very beginning of that game. Those are all three ranked teams. So they're, they're, and is this, so the question is now, is this back to Notre Dame or Brian Kelly 1.0's remarkable ability to not only, to play both up to and down to the level of any competition whatsoever? The only game on the schedule that bucks that trend is Wake Forest. It's yep. the only game that you logically should have pummeled the other team and you did. And maybe it's because Wake was so bad on defense. But you're right. I mean, look, if you guys want to take it this way, you can. They beat Ball State, lest we forget, by eight points. They beat Vanderbilt by the same margin that they did against Pitt. And at that point, nobody said much because it was, well, we're 3-0. and But nobody thought, <laughs> when Notre Dame beat Vanderbilt by five, nobody thought that Notre Dame was going to beat Stanford by 21. Yeah. Nobody thought that yet. Yep. You know, maybe some maybe some of the parents out there well, thought that. Well, but, Ian Book hadn't even played yet and Dexter Williams was still out. And Notre Dame was averaging 20 points a game. Yeah, so right. everybody's thinking that's why right. we're like three knows all that matters cuz in the back of your mind you're thinking we can't score more than three touchdowns. All that matters is that we're winning sloppy games. Yep. But then against Wake, you know, the Pandora's box open. Everybody's mind was open, right? You hit the astral plane after you saw Ian Book and you're like, "Whoa, this team could be something completely different." And then it kept you going with Stanford name on me, <laughs> yeah man. exactly it was just a whole new dimension and then the stanford thing really that was when belief came in in virginia tech you're like okay i can fault them for looking a little rocky on the road and then such a tough environment but that's still by the end of it i mean they smoked them you know what i mean so this one it just and it takes you all the way back it jumps over so much of what you've seen it takes you all the way back to something that let's be honest you didn't even hardly see it last year no, you know, yeah. and I'm, they're they're allowed to have a game like this, and I'm super happy they won. And I love to just say, "Hey, man, would you rather be uh, West Virginia right now?" No, no. Well, yeah, no. I, well, or here, Washington look, or whoever. I, I'll tell but, you what. I mean, as, as far as the bye week. Yeah, maybe it would have been nice to have it during uh, midterms, but I don't think it's a horrible idea to have it before Navy. Um, it's a nice, you know, you're through a little over half the season. Notre Dame's going to murder. They are going to murder, murder Navy. Really? Oh, my God. They're, Notre Dame's going to kill them. They're going to kill them. I hope so. And I, I mean, I, I like Navy. I love triple option. I respect Ken, Ken Yamatoloa. Malcolm Perry is a pimp. But, dude, Notre Dame's going to kill them, especially with a week to get healthy and, and a week to sit and stew on this pit game because they're going to have to listen to this shit that all these other people are saying, hey, do you hear people are saying Michigan would make the playoff instead of you guys? Well, didn't we yeah. beat Michigan? Well, yeah, but they're but Michigan's out winning by 30 points, and you guys are sneaking by a pit. They're going to go out and dismantle Navy, which isn't really saying much because Navy's down so far this year. I'd be curious to see what happens against Northwestern. Um Again, like we said, you know, I think that Pitt put some some schemes and some stuff on film for future opponents that could potentially be a problem uh, for Notre Dame. Now, Navy's not going to do that with their defensive talent. They're they're not going to do it. Right. Uh, and also, man, I, I said it a lot in that Virginia Tech game, and I felt like it in this game too. The slants are kind of a problem against Notre Dame. The way that they play defense and they play a little softer, it's almost like this glorified bend don't break for a lot for a lot of the field. I mean, Virginia Tech, the slants were open a lot, and they were open for Pitt too. I mean, Pitt just couldn't complete the passes, but a couple of them were on Dante Vaughn. Um, I mean, yeah, Julian Love is super tight, but I mean, somebody like Florida State or God, Syracuse, um, 
USC, someone who can hit those slants, that that's something to 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 watch out for. Navy yeah. ain't going to do it. Navy, you know. But I mean, so there are some things to keep an eye on. But but I do believe that they'll get back to just stomping the piss out of Navy, which won't mean much. And then we're really going to find out in those last four games of, of if this is a legit play. I mean, the, 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 no, the, that's I, the that's the last test is those last four games. Obviously, I completely agree. And here's the funny thing: even though you talked a little bit about you know the defensive line in particular not looking as stout as they have before if you look if you pretend you didn't watch the game and pretend you are a casual college football fan you go what's Notre Dame doing this year I want to see the story here and you start looking at the opponent scores okay forget that Notre Dame has had its own little wheel spinning thing happening with Brandon Wimbush Notre Dame has allowed 17 16 17 27 17 23 and 14. The only times it was over 20 was a game in which Notre Dame was obliterating Wake, and Wake just had that many possessions, right? And you had a lot of garbage time. You had a lot of bench players going in the Wake game. And the only other team, you know, where they scored a bunch of points was a ranked team in a very, very difficult environment. So, like, I look at the points allowed just kind of on the surface— you know what Eight, I mean? 18.7. 18.7, and the games have looked really, really good. The games have looked ugly. The D-line, to your point, has looked very different, but the output has been extremely consistent. I mean, no game has deviated more than, what, Ten, not even 10 points has de- have they deviated from that average, and the offensive is, is all over the place. We have seen the yeah. promised land against the Wakes and the Stanfords and the Vatex, and then we've seen this this sputtering, you know, chitty chitty bang bang machine against Pitt, and it's like, so. But but again, I like I said, I is I it all to, on offense? Is it fair to say that that's the unit that needs the most correction? I think you ha- I think you have to credit Narduzzi and the way that they scheme this game. I just Pitt did a Pitt did a really really good job. Yeah, they Pitt did a really good job. The way that they were playing Notre Dame. Uh, defensively was was confusing to him and and limiting and kept Dexter Williams in check. He didn't have any big runs. Um, I don't think they had any rushing touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, the longest run was like 13 yards. I mean, I mean they picked just they, nothing. They at picked all. off book twice. I mean, granted they were kind of bonehead throws, but um, Notre Dame's longest run was 22 yards. Yeah, I mean, and and a, a averaging two or whatever. I mean, they they didn't even feed their feature backs that much because they just couldn't you yeah. know um oh i forgot to mention i mean one of these touchdowns was a kickoff return yeah the defense has only allowed seven points yeah, in this game. So, again, they did look suspect, a, but how do you— Didn't they give up another kick return earlier this year, too? And there Which was some field question. goals. Does Polian need to go at the end of the year? Do you think Polian needs to go? Let me put it this way. If we have attributed as much of Notre Dame's overall performance to Brian Kelly and said that he needs to go, special teams is a very minute, it's not, it's a very important, but it's a minute part of the game in terms of number of plays, right? Yeah. There have been some very egregious mistakes. If let's say that they didn't have the talent of Tyler Newsom and Justin Yoon, there's yeah. no excuse to have yeah. him. You know, there's no excuse to have the same person in charge of special yeah. teams. There are some nice players. There's some guys having nice well, efforts. I mean, their punt coverage has been pretty damn good. I mean, you got like guys like Claypool, and I mean, you just, yeah. uh, you've got really top. Now, 
They've got like defensive and offensive starters playing on those units as well, which certainly helps. And I appreciate the fact that they've made it a higher priority to put frontline players on those teams. Punk coverage, by and large, has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Justin Yoon's great. You know, field goals are, are almost automatic at this point. Um, the kickoff stuff, man, gosh, yeah. I don't yeah. know, man. Well, and again, I don't know. It's not an easy position. If you think about it, punt coverage and kick coverage and field goal kicking and and you know receiving kickoff return those are actually a lot more different and and football has a funny way of saying those are special teams those are all dramatically different things that you need to be good at however it's just the way it works you have a coach that's in charge of all that it's a grab bag of things i mean are we any better it's only off? fair are, are we it's only fair are, if you didn't have Justin let me just ask this I think this is a fair question I mean look Yoon is great and so he's going to mask if you just look at special teams generically as of the bucket of special teams yeah I mean Yoon in himself is, is a transcendent talent right at mm-hmm. that position I mean he's great but it, but but and and Newsom again. We've said in the past he was used to be a bomb or shank. I mean he's cleaned up a lot of the shanks. Yeah, he's right? pretty consistent. He is. He's a good player. Um, but but those those kickers, notwithstanding, I mean you know there's like some. Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know, man. But are is Notre Dame any better off than they were with Scott Booker? I mean it's like I just don't think that you've seen outside like you said or outside is that of the something players. that ultimately falls back to Kelly like look they're just not putting enough time on stuff like this. Well, I think so. I mean, I think it I think it's special and again, typically a game like Pitt it, it, you wouldn't think it would matter, but th- this is the this is the point in the season where you can't give up kick return touchdowns, you know, and it's going to happen here and there to everybody. Um, but if it's happening multiple times and, and like you said, the kickoffs, they can't put them out through the end zone, which is kind of the standard now in football and, and some of the other stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to say. Again, it's like the forgotten part of the game, but at some point it's going to bite you. And, you know, Yoon is great, but Notre Dame has had good kickers and the, the special team play outside of that. You remember, you know, Goodman or whoever, zero punt return. I mean, no punt return yeah. when Goodman well, was back there. Well, I think Fink's doing all right on that. Exactly, exactly. So there's been some improvement, but it's not just like all, no, all the kick special return te- isn't great. Exactly. So I'm, all I'm punt saying ret- is... Punt coverage and punt return are both good. Yeah, but you can't just say, hey, four out of the five special teams are great. It's, kick, it's kickoff and kick return. All I'm saying and is... has Notre Dame had a threat, a kick return threat since, like, I don't know, Atkinson? What, or uh, No, I mean, come on. There have been other guys. Josh Adams started back there, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I don't so know. Sad. But do you know what I'm All I'm saying is a great kicker doesn't save the special teams coach because Notre Dame has had some really, really good kickers in the last few years, and they've had some really bad punt return strategies, you know, in which I think a change needed to be made. So to your point, yes, Yoon is, is great talent, Newsom, great talent, but those guys aren't they're not enough to whitewash some of the other stuff that you're seeing on special teams, to be fair, because they've had great kickers in years where the punt return was garbage or was nothing. Yeah. You know, and, and the flip side of that, there were years when Golden Tate was back there and he was returning punts very electrically, or Tommy Zibikowski was was a really sneaky punt returner, but other things weren't that great. So it's not enough to have a good player in the right spot. It's, a, it's really about following, staying disciplined, specifically kickoff 
on, on kickoff, right? It's staying in your lane, being disciplined, and just limiting the over-pursuit. But you got to have the leg that can put it back there. Yeah. I mean, the best way to deal with kickoff in modern college football, in my take, is to just get touchbacks. Yeah, put, it, put it in the first it's, row. Everything's designed to do that, right? They've moved the ball, all these rules. You know, the sport's trying to get rid of it. I mean, so, like, the best thing to do is not even have it. Yeah. And Notre Dame's not doing that. Yeah. So, you know... All right, let's wrap this thing up. Notre Dame's going into a bye week, so we're going to take the week off next week for the Sweet. show. You know, right? Sweet. I mean, we're, we're, we ain't got shit to talk about. No. So we're, we're going to take it off. Um, we will be back after the Navy game. Um, like I said, I think Notre Dame's going to absolutely workshop them. The good news is we won't have to listen to any of these clowns talking about Michigan leapfrogging uh, Notre Dame because they're probably going to lose to Sparty this well, weekend. Well, yeah, and so a lot of other— uh, that, the, That's that. The one guarantee you have now is Notre Dame will be undefeated two weeks from now, and there you cannot guarantee that against you know for some of these other schools. You could probably guarantee it for Ohio State and Alabama. I'm not sure who Clemson has coming up, but you look at some of the other teams. There's no guarantee that the that the one loss teams are still going to be in the mix. So it's a great time to have your bye. Uh, two weeks from now, you still have no, no blemish I, I on the record. Two weeks that's from a now, great place the, to be. I think two weeks from now, the playoff rankings start dropping too. So right after Notre Dame abuses. Is my Naval Academy midshipmen. I think they'll um, be sitting pretty at that yeah, point. They will. They will. You know? and, uh, they, and they should win out. I mean, I still am firm believer that they should win out, although they're starting to, as the season wears on, I mean, they're, they're, people can find some things to exploit. It's just going to be a matter of self-scouting this week and correcting some of the issues and making sure you don't get manhandled on both lines like Pitt did. Well, here, here's out. what I'll say about this, and this is what I think is really interesting. Some of the games that we have watched now have have given you these these um, scary thoughts about other games that you know are coming. So the Pitt game is like, okay— Who's a team that's good enough on defense and can come in with a great game plan? Maybe it is in Northwestern. Like That's the type of thing you start to get afraid of. I still believe that Florida State and USC are primarily a talent-based strategy Yeah, but all at they have point. to do is look at the slants that Virginia Tech and you might Pitt be were right. running. They got and fast if, guys. And if they can complete them, it's like... They got fast guys, and you can't grow the turf artificially long. No. You know what I mean? It's it's the same length. So against, you know, you got you can't, you got to be able to stop the speed. But I'm just saying there are teams that can beat Notre Dame men Mentally at this point, and maybe that's maybe that's what needs to be more frightening because of what Pitt did. Because Pitt was not coming in and just saying, "Hey, we got talent." You know what I mean? And that's what USC is. Yeah, bring. I mean, look, Syracuse USC can score just points. Five stars. If Notre Dame bogs down on offense, Syracuse is going to keep lighting. Exactly. I mean, so that, I mean, that's you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, the 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 remaining games there's a lot of different stuff you got florida state and usc who are both loaded with talent but i mean the coaching has not been not very well coached i mean you got northwestern who's just clearly not the talent uh that Notre Dame has but pretty decent coaching um navy's a wild card but they're just they're so far they're just they're yeah this is kenny amatololo's four and eight season though navy will be lucky if they make and a Notre bowl. Dame's better up front on defense yeah. than they have been i, in I don't a long think I don't, I don't even think navy's gonna make a bowl this year i don't think they're bowl eligible <gasps> team this year they're just they're not I mean, it's you got a running quarterback, and they're not healthy, and, and yeah. it's just it, it doesn't work. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see. And then Syracuse is just a uh, just a 
It's the Shamrock series. They're Tolex Factor. Tolex yeah. Factor. I but they're all, all the games are kind of a little bit different, right? Sure. So, sure. you know, and Notre Dame's put a couple of things out there that could beat them. Nothing's beat them yet. Got to be happy with that. Brian Kelly, win percentage since 2016, chugs along. I mean, it, again, and there's no knock on that. It's been remarkable. It really has been. And the good news is you have seen Notre Dame play a complete game against a really good opponent. To me, the Stanford game. It's like if you need to go to bed at night and, and you're afraid of the boogeyman it's like have your mommy and daddy read you the story of notre dame versus stanford you know as you drift off to sleep because to me you put that game in a bottle and if notre dame produces that type of football game at any other point this year for the rest of the season there is no problem all right there's some other scary stuff we're getting close to halloween here but i'm telling you (laughs) if you need to kind of just go to bed and, and have a nice dream that stanford game is the one they look so so great there and if they produce that I think they're in great shape, but we'll be here in two weeks. We'll we'll chop it up and we'll figure it out. There you go. ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. We appreciate everybody listening. Check us out on SoundCloud. Check us out at onefootdown.com. Uh, where else are we at? iTunes. You can yeah, subscribe I'm on to Twitter. us on iTunes. If you're bored follow for my the, brother. Follow me on Twitter. Come on. Follow but you're not doing anything Twitter. for the next two it's weeks when we're not podcasting. At Andy McFly. Yeah, let's get up to a thousand. Give him a little follow. Come on. Tell your friends. 